Hello, and welcome to another episode of Endeavors. On today's show, I speak with Israeli filmmaker Maccabit Abramson on her new film, Woman Alive. That's coming up on Endeavors. Maccabeet Abramson got her start in documentary films with such projects as My Nan, Ava, Men on the Edge, and the pieces Love Matador and War Matador. In addition to her filmmaking career, she is currently also a PhD student at Tel Aviv University, where she talks about her research, the new psyche in the cinema, and her journey facing the dark man. She likes to describe it as redefining femininity. As she says, Research proposes a new model of femininity by way of investigating the link between Eros and Psyche characters from mythology, and classic and postmodern films. The woman that I am researching is the other. She has no place in a patriarchal world based on materialistic values. She is a feminine woman, gentle and loving, with a masculine animal hiding within her. Although she is known as a documentary filmmaker, Her new film, Woman Alive, is her first foray into fictional narrative storytelling, although it is a bit of a hybrid as it is non-linear and is very documentary in style. It stars her daughter, Lihi Zemel, and a cast of non-professional actors, and follows the story of Shlomit, uh, a married woman and mother of a little girl who leaves her home in Jerusalem out of personal distress and embarks on an unknown journey through the slums of South Tel Aviv between black immigrants and prostitutes. She seeks an unmated, meditated touch in life that will make her feel alive herself. During her journey, the privileged Ashkenazi princess meets the other Israel, who so far has been a stranger to her, and thus meets the other unknown foreign woman inside her. It is a very well done film. Very sort of Cinema verite, kitchen sink realism type of piece. Uh, It recently played at Cinema Joy. And this is my conversation with Maccabeet Abramson. (laughs) 
Maccabee Abramson, hello. How are you today? Hi. <laughs> Great. Uh, you have a new film out, um, Woman Alive, and I I know this sort of started as a as a PhD project for you. Uh, I did my PhD, and uh, my plan was uh, after the PhD to make a film, write a book, and make an, a, an internet web. <laughs> and uh, this is uh, the first uh, media. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, and and you you cast your daughter uh, Lihi in the in the lead role. Was that always the plan to, to, to cast her? Um, I didn't want uh, to shoot anyone else. I just wanted to shoot her, you know? You, you know, when, you're, when you make films, you need the, the, the person or the location that you really want to film, you know? So I really wanted to... Film hair. What was, you know, what what was the 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 creative relationship between the two of you like, especially considering not only what her character Shlomi goes through in the film, but also that she's sort of running away from her own daughter. Wait, I have to understand the question. Yeah. What were the creative relationship between me and Lihi? Yes. Uh, just I want to make uh, it very clear. I didn't, I didn't leave my daughter. Yes, <laughs> it's not. It's not a. It's not a real story. It, it's a fiction. Yeah. And uh, Lee is a is a actress, and she's also very good with the body, and her body, and she's very physical. So we work together. We made a. Show a uh, three actors on one stage with a film on the background. It was called The Metador and Me. It was also about love and death and the, the relationship between them. So it wasn't the first time that we are uh, working together, and uh, it's always a uh, uh, very challenging <laughs> because uh, each of us is very opinionated opinionated, yes. Uh, Lihi has very strong opinions about everything. And uh, the fact that I'm the director is only <laughs> a fact. <laughs> so, uh, but I really like it, I have to say. Well, in a way, this is the way I work with uh, all the people that I work with. My cinematographer, my editor, my... Uh, 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 Almost every my my producer, almost everyone I work with a dialogue, and they they say what they think, and it's sometimes it's a you know we debate about it, but it's very good to hear them because uh, this way the film is becoming like a creation of the people, not uh, my mind that I put, and everyone please obey. And I'm not saying it because I'm uh, I'm looking for democracy. I'm saying it because I think it's it's better for the film. It's, uh, it's not that I take everything that everyone says or that every 
think that Lee says, but I really think that many things they are saying is very, very important and very helpful. So your your background is in documentary filmmaking and this one is is a narrative, although it's shot very much in that cinema verite documentary style. As a filmmaker, what were some differences or challenges you noticed in making a narrative feature versus a documentary? Yeah, well, documentary is it's like a it's like a natural action, you know. You go, you see the people, you talk to them, you take part of their world, and uh, you have trust to them, and then it's becoming more deep and more, and it's really based on the trust between you and them. It's like every documentary we made together. So because we were of Neil Feingeland and me, we were working together. And also the editor, Lev Goldser, that is working with me on this film. So every film that we worked together, we were in a world that we came into the world, we were in the world. And then, you know, when you're a long time in the world, it's becoming like a... A thing that you you want you can show the other people because you've been there you've done that you know but uh, in this narrative uh, my my first narrative feature it was a uh, another experience because uh, you know you work with many people on the set you have actors and you have all the team and all the crew and it's it's very very different. But what was the very much alike was the the location, and we weren't we were never in a, you know in a closed location, never in Ulpan. It was always very dynamic location that everything is happening and we have to fit in, you know, and the, and many people that they took a part of the film they are not uh, actors, they are non actors. So for me it was very important to. Uh, to make this uh, combination of a uh, feature and uh, documentary in order to make this a uh, uh, feeling of uh, honesty, of authenticity, of something that you, you can really relate to. You know, the, the, the character is, is not easy to understand. And, 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 the, and the film is about a subject that, that is not, it's, it's hard, yes? So, I, I, so if, you, if you're in, places that you can connect to and if there is this atmosphere that you can relate to it it helps you helps you to 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 be a part of this Uh, it was very it was very different very different from a filming a documentary also very different in the editing process it it wasn't the same well that's something i want to touch on because you know, I, I often talk to filmmakers about the editing and, and music and how music can add to a film. And in this, I, I notice the, the sort of lack of music, I, I think, adds to a film, you know, it, it, especially in an opening scene. It's 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 just the two of them and, and their sounds. And it's this very sort of raw, real, minimalistic type of film. How How early on did you figure out that this was going to be the tone of of your piece well this is my taste you know but uh, and in the the scene that you're talking about the opening the hotel room 
and the water flow that she's going afterwards and all this. It's a, I really like the, the, the natural sounds of it because I thought it was, a, how do we say it in English? A, it was a hard, hard scene, okay? I didn't want to make anything softer. I, I wanted to make it a really hard the way it was. And I thought that the, the voice, the, the, the sound, the sound of the place, and the, the, the real sound, the actual sound, will, uh, will help to create the atmosphere. And, uh, you know, we, we try to put uh, music in this, uh, in this uh, place of the film, and then we, we took it down because we, we wanted to be naked. Naked because this is what's happening to her. She's becoming naked, you know, in, in this process. And then, in the end of this scene, she's going deep to the water in order, you know, to reborn. So it's a, uh, this is uh, what uh, happened. Yeah. So, so from a, from a technical standpoint, I guess, how do you go about capturing all, you know, all, all sort of the, the real ambient sounds was, was there a, a, like, like a special type of microphone that you used or did you just sort of, take the camera and, and, and point it and, and, and capture the, the, the tone of the room, as we say. No, we had a sound man that was, it was his job to do that. And uh, in, in the editing process, we had to, to make again many, many sounds. And then, uh, you know, the, for me, <laughs> two things I'm very interested in. One is, is the editing about the picture and the other one is the sound. I, I really think the sound is a very big uh, hero and player in the in making the effect of the film. So, so we every every location we have been, it was very important for us to get the special sounds of this location, and uh, to put it in the in order to create the atmosphere that we wanted to create. But you know, in the film, we also have music. Quite, quite, uh, you know. Yeah. In a, a few parts, and uh, it, it's not all only, you know, uh, raw. <laughs> it's a. Uh... You know the 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 press pack that I read in, in the director's notes. Ta- you know, talks about her journey to the other Israel, quote unquote. Um, and I'm I'm curious for you because I, I think here in the West, we don't really fully understand how diverse Israel is, I think, in a lot of ways. What is the difference for you between Jerusalem and Tel Aviv? Well, Jerusalem and Tel Aviv, they are opposing cities, you know, really, and also metaphorically, because Jerusalem has many religious Jewish Jews in, in her, and it's a holy city, you know, many holy places, and the atmosphere is, is very different in, in uh, Jerusalem. Tel Aviv is much more, you know, people celebrate, and uh, it's, it's much more sensual, and it's, it's another atmosphere, but in the film, it's not Tel Aviv, it's South Tel Aviv, you know, it, it's a, uh, Tel Aviv has other central areas that are very, very different and that are like New York and everything you want. But here, 
the, the film uh, concentrates on, on very special location, the South Tel Aviv, where immigrants and the drugs and everything uh, happened there. And uh, this is a place that she didn't know because she's not only because she's from Jerusalem, but also because she comes, you know, from a very shelter a society and a home. And because not many people in Israel know this place also, you know. Uh, you, you know, you mentioning that, I'm wondering how much of your own, you, you sort of talk about this sort of shelter, different lifestyle. How much of, of your own background and experience did you did you draw into it? Because I know, I know you grew up in a, in a kibbutz, was it? Yeah, I grew up in a kibbutz. And uh, it's really a society that uh, is very homogenic. But, you know, when I grew up in the kibbutz, uh, the kids that were in my class, there, uh, there were many kids that weren't from the kibbutz, but they were from outside of the kibbutz, and they came from broken families. And they were my best friends, you know, because uh, I always felt, in a way, outsider. So they were my friends. And uh, also when we filmed the... Uh, our uh, documentaries, you know, uh, we filmed the fishermen from Gaza and the, and, the, and the, we usually went to places that uh, the mainstream doesn't know them. You have to bring them in the film in order the people will, will realize that there is a place like this. So I'm drawn to these places. I'm really drawn to them, you know. I'm drawn to the places where People think they're only something like, you know, a bad thing, you know, like a, a crime and all this. And then, I, I, and they have a, a, one image of immigrants and one image of prostitutes and one image of this place. And I'm interested in, a, a, in showing the human side of the place. And I'm, I'm interested to, 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 to show it complex and to, to break the image. To, to show it in another way. To, and, and for us, when we filmed there, really, we really felt it, you know, it wasn't a cliche. It really happened, you know, people really helped us there and we really felt safe there. And uh, it was really a, a good experience to shoot there, although there were uh, incidents that we really needed the help of the police. And it's, it's this kind of place. But, uh, but uh, on the whole uh, picture, on the whole atmosphere, on the whole experience, I think we, 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 what you see in the film, when you see that they help the heroine, you know, uh, uh, the, the Ethiopian girl and the prostitutes, they help the heroine, it's, it's, it's really, they helped us there, you know, they really, they were good to us. And, and the, we, we, we really wanted the, to show this side of this uh, area. Do, do you find that South Tel Aviv and, and, and the backdrop in which you were shooting became its own character in the film in a way? Wow, I, I would really like it. You should say that. <laughs> I mean, as, as somebody that... Somebody that so the film, you know, you, you, you should be the one that would say it. For me, it was very important to do it because, uh, you know, we spent so many hours there from 
uh, five in the morning until midnight in order just to catch all the all the atmosphere and all the and, and all the characters and all the people. I don't know if I succeeded to create this uh, character of South Tel Aviv. You should say that. I think. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, I mean, I, I, I don't, I, I, I'm on, you know, as, as speaking as someone who is unfamiliar with that city, um, I did felt, I did feel that there was a certain parts, definitely, I, there was a distinct flair I got um, just from her, you know, walking through her, like when she's looking through the shops or even when, you know, her husband's looking for, her, there was, I think there was, there was a certain frame or there was a certain something that I think just added added to the whole story that like yes this is where she is this is the character of that part of the city when when you're in Israel and you arrive there sometimes you feel you are not in Israel you know it's like another country so this is what we felt this is the way I wanted to show it in the film you know in the we, we one day we filmed on Friday and Friday so the, you can say the, the western side of the, of the city, you know, it's like becoming Saturday and everything is closed and all this. And then you go, you go there to the, to, the south, to the south and you see everything is full of people, everything is open and it's very crowded and it's so different, you know, it's like you're coming to another place. So, another place. Uh, you know, and I think maybe something that surprised me and and it probably shouldn't have given the 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 size of Tel Aviv but I I think in the media it's not talked about just how diverse um Israel is especially South Tel Aviv you know you see you had the you had the Ethiopian characters uh Lev seems like he's probably of of Russian background um how how multicultural is that part of the country well, South Tel Aviv is, uh, has many, many, many people. You know, you have immigrants from Sudan, you have from Eritrea, you have from Ethiopia, and you have Israelis that were many years there, and you have Russians, and you have, it's, it's very diverse, South Tel Aviv. But I want to say that the Russian painter, uh, which he's a real painter, not an actor, and he comes to draw there because he's interested in this uh, atmosphere, these characters, this place, but he's not from there. He's from Jerusalem, you know? His, his studio is in Jerusalem, really, and there we, we shoot the, we, the scenes of the, the painter in his studio. The using non-professional actors, what kind of authenticity does that bring to, to not only a film like this, but the type of roles that they are playing? Well, you have to be lucky because they have to be good actors, you know? If, you, if they are not good actors, you cannot, uh, <laughs> you cannot do anything. But uh, for us, the, uh, the people that participated, there was something so natural in them you know, so they didn't play. They just, they've been themselves. And, and we, we, I wanted them because they were the character that I was looking for. So this is how it happened, you know. I, 
I read if in times this is true that you kind of took inspiration from uh, some Broadway plays like Beauty and the Beast and Phantom of the Opera. Um, what was it about sort of this idea of of you know woman versus beast or woman who be- becomes the beast that helped you tell this particular story? Well, my PhD was about uh, the beauty and the beast, you know? It was about the myth of Eros and Psyche, about the journey of Psyche that is looking for Eros, and, uh, and then about these popular films that you mentioned, about uh, King Kong, about uh, Beauty and the Beast of uh, Jean Genet, of, about the Phantom of the Opera, also about David Lynch, uh, Wild at Heart, and David Cronenberg, uh, uh, some promises, you know, I, I, I just showed that this uh, archetype story, you know, of a gentlewoman, very obedient to the society, usually uh, very young, uh, is leaving her home, a sheltered place, everything she knows, and goes to another place. And in these films, and also in the myth, it was the other place has a beast in it. And when she, she meets the beast, uh, uh, she's traumatized, traumatized, but also something very good happens to her because she really, she realizes her uh, uh, passions, her, her power, uh, her opinions about things. It's like she's, she has to disconnect herself from uh, her world, her, f- her family, her society, her, uh, all the ideas that were stuck in her in order to be free and to start again. And it can only happen in this really uh, place that is strange to her, very strange to her, and, and uh, it uh, gives, gives her a, a shock, a shock. And uh, this was uh, the, my PhD and, and my story in the film about Shlomit. Uh, it's like she's leaving her home, like beauty leaves her home in these stories. And she's going to the beast, like uh, this beauty when she's going to South Tel Aviv and she, when she's meeting this Russian painter, which is, you know, very uh, rough uh, a person. And uh, when she has all these uh, bold experiences, you know, and when she meets her uh, uh, hidden, uh, self or your hidden instincts or all the passions, dark passions, she didn't know she has at all, you know. When she starts painting in, in the painter's studio, she paints a devil, you know, and this devil, this demon is from inside of her. It's the first time she meets him, you know. She didn't know she has it. And, uh, and she was depressed before because she didn't know anything about her inner world, you know. Yeah. Because it's very forbidden, you know, all these passions, all this darkness. It's forbidden. So she had to go to leave, to leave home. I'm curious as what, what you think that says about society that these sort of stereotypical characters is that the woman's always sort of, you know, simple and obedient and 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 the men are fierce, and yet we're 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 seeing a lot of dialogue, or you know, whether it's films or or TV shows that that are 
slowly starting to, to, to break those stereotypes down. But, but what do you make of the fact that that was sort of the norm for so long? Well, I think this is the classic, um, you know, woman and man, uh, you know, identity. But it, but but specifically, this tale, and also my PhD, and also this film, uh, the aim is to 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 show these, uh, uh, you know, how how you call it, uh, gender gender classification, and then break it, break it because. After she is going through all this journey, that she meets uh, the the woman inside her and the man, you know, who's very uh, uh, dark and all this, she actually meets the, these uh, personas inside her. She's not an angel, you know. She she meets this beast inside her, and only when she 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 realizes that this is inside her, she can start going after herself and not, not being so paralyzed, not, not being so depressed also, because she, she realizes that if she, she, it's not, it, she's not becoming a beast, she's not. She only realizes she has this side in her and she cannot uh, oppress it. She has to, to, to be aware of it, you know? Yeah. And, and in a way, she has to, to go with it in order to create because she becomes, you know, an artist. You know, the, the, they always say that, that actresses really like to play strong female characters. And yet in this film, Shlomit is, is, is a bit of a waif, which in many ways is a lot harder to play, sort of, you know, playing somebody who's very kind of sheltered and inward and, 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 and doesn't do a lot. What kind of conversations did did you and Lee have about, you know, her her about you know Shlomit's mannerisms and 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 look and and everything like that? My only um, instruction was don't play. Never play. Just I don't want you to do anything that is. I just want you to, to to be there. To be there. Say the text and relate to the situation, you know? This is my only instruction. And I, I think, you know, you know, they, they really like in films, uh, strong women. And all the time they told me, why you don't make her a, she is a strong one. She makes the choices. She does make the choices, but all the choices are not rational, you know? Because uh, she she's like, she's driven, she's, like she's she's being taken to this journey, not by anyone else, just by her inside her her uh, psychic, you know. So she's there, but she doesn't know why she's there, you know. And only in the end, it all makes sense. Only in the end, when she realized this demon inside her through uh, sex and through the paintings, and when she starts to create herself and has her own world and her, has her own outlook and her own perspective. Only then, you know, she becomes strong, but not strong as a police woman. It's not this strong. It's another strong. It's, it's, it's a woman that can express herself. She wasn't able to express herself because she didn't know herself. 
So she had to meet this uh, uh, demon and to make this very, very, very unorthodox journey in order to find her own expression. And in order also not uh, to wait for men to fill her up because she always waited for men, strong men, to be the one that fills her void, you know? And this is something that she has to learn to give up. You know, she gives up the, the romantic fantasy, she gives up the sex fantasy, she gives up the father fantasy, all the fantasies that some body, great man, you know, will fill her up. Only then she can start, you know, do and choose and create. You know, this, this film is, is about a, a woman on, on a journey and, and we see her leave home. Do you think that she is running away or running towards? Well, I think it starts in running away. She cannot go home. She cannot go, she cannot go back. And she doesn't know where, where she's going. You know, I don't know if you, you know, the, the, the last song on the, on the roller, on the credits, it's a song that was written by a, a musician from Israel. Her name is Sapir Fox. She saw the film and she really identified with the heroine. And she, and she wrote the words. And she called the, the, her song, Where To? It's like, where do I go? And, and I think she didn't know uh, where she's going. She was running away, but she didn't know that what's happening to her is that she's going somewhere. And, and uh, what she was going through was getting to know her uh, subconscious, her underworld, that she didn't know it. And it's like, it's like a journey to your uh, subconscious, to your underworld, to the things you never knew that you are. If you thought you are a beautiful woman, very good, very nice, you are not. You are not. And uh, uh, you can't be a mother, you can't be a wife, you can't, you can't do your work, you can't do anything until you go through this journey. And uh, only in the journey towards the end, she realizes that she went to and not ran away from. But for that, she had to go all this journey and almost die, you know, so. You know, I'm, I'm curious whenever I, I, I see a film like this, what your own journey was like making this and whether you learned anything, you know, about, about yourself as a person and or about the art of just making film? Wow, it was a, <laughs> quite a journey making the fil this film. Uh, it was, a, you know, I had to believe in it. I was the only one that had to believe in it because uh, it's like a child, you know, that uh, no one knew it. It's not, a, it's not a, a story that people really, you know, a common, it's not a common story. The story that you have to uh, invent and you have to make and you have to make everyone believe in it and then and you have to have to believe in it all the time also now you know and uh, why I, I really had to go through 
very, very hard crisis uh, in order to do it. And all the time, what hold me all the time, what made me going all the time was really believing that I have to tell this story. I must tell this story. It's important for women to hear this story. Especially women that feel that they have this fire burning in them and they want to know who they are and they want to create in a way, you know, they don't have to be big artists, but they want to express their own views. And for these women, I think I thought it was very important to know that uh, you must make a journey, not especially this journey, you know, but a journey that will take you away from what you thought about yourself. What is the what is the reception uh, in Israel and in Tel Aviv been like? Because the country and the city is such a character in the film. Again, what's the question? Oh, the, what, the, the, what is the reception to the film like being in Israel and, and in Tel Aviv, especially because it is such a character in your story? Oh, it, it's, it's, it's very different from, you know, it, it, some people don't relate to it at all. They think it's not, it's not in my school, okay? It's not something that they can realize that happens uh, in their life, in their city, in their society, in their minds. Other people say, wow, it's so strong, it tells my story, you know? And it's not, the difference is, it's not if one is a professor and the other one is a nurse, it's not. It's really, if you have, which personality you have. If, if you search for this kind of, uh, you know, call. So uh, I think the, the, the reception or the, the way people comment about the film is very, very different very diverse, you can say, you know? I cannot say, wow, it's a great hit. No, I can say, wow, it's really, really st striking for everyone, but they really have hard time to deal with it, you know? And some people really feel, wow, it's giving me what I needed, you know? And some people say, no. <laughs> so, but when you make films, you know, this is how they 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 yeah they react to you. What what is the industry like over there? You know, it it seems that in the last at least over here in in the West, um, we we are slowly getting uh, more exposure to Israeli films, films from the Middle East. You know, I'm thinking of things like Blush, uh, The Lemon Tree, for example. What what is how would you describe the the, the film industry um, at this point in Israel? So many people want to make films in Israel. You know, it's like everyone wants to tell a story, and I think it's very uh, vibrating. You know, it's very full of life. It's very uh, it's a big community, not big, but it's a community and uh, very creative and many people want to be actors, many people want to be directors, many people want to write scripts. So it's, a, it's like, a, a, you know, I don't know how many people go to the cinema because of the COVID, because of everything we went through, but still many people want to make films. 
And many people want to see films. The question is where, you know? Yeah. And I would like people to see the films on the cinema, not only on Netflix. On Netflix and on cinema, because I think it's another experience. It's a whole different experience to see it in the dark theater with a big screen and all this atmosphere with other people. I hope it's uh, yeah. <laughs> coming back. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, we talked about Israeli films and we're seeing a lot of people now, like you've got Shira Haas, you've got Alette Zerer, Gal Gadot, obviously, Oded Fair. Is, and I, I don't know how easy it is to, to gauge for you, but at least, you know, over here, it, it feels like Israel is slow, is maybe starting to have a, a bit of a, a moment and, and, and a cultural movement. And, and we're, we're starting to see more uh, exposure of, of Israeli culture and, and, and cinema. What, how, how do you feel about that? And, and, and where do you think um, Israeli cinema, Israeli culture is uh, these days compared to maybe 10, 15, 20 years ago? in terms of global, you know, outreach? Well, I think um, because, because uh, um, TV and films are going out, you know, so it's also uh, influencing our uh, writing in Israel because, you know, there's more dialogue and you want uh, your film to be out in the world. So it's, it's, it's a two-way street, you know? And I think Israel is becoming part of the world and uh, this is very important because uh, you know we, Israel has a very specific story as a country you know um, our life here are uh, you know we have all all the history and all the conflicts that we live in but and and when we make the films and when we make uh, all the writings it's like we have to be local and also universal in the way that, you know, other people that didn't have this experience of uh, these places, these conflicts, these characters can relate to it. And it's very important for us. For, for me, I think the most powerful scene in the film, well, there's a couple, but the one that really sticks out is when she goes to Lev's apartment for the first time to, to get painted because it's just so raw. And the dialogue, I think, is actually very uh, explicit, you know, when, when he goes, when he goes, you raped me, you raped me um, a, a, after their encounter. Talk about, about that, that scene, if you can, a little bit. I... Are you talking about that scene or you, you want to talk about what happened in the studio between her and the painter? Well, I, 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 I both. I mean, I, I sort of, I, because, because that, that scene stuck out to me, I'm, I'm just sort of, you know, fascinated if, you know, if, if, if you as, as the director had had the same reaction that I did in terms of it, because it, for me, it's just, it's the most sort of raw, you know, sort of, seen in seen in the entire film where just you know she's just everything's out there for her 
Wait, I want to, 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 to be specific to understand which scene you're talking about. You're not talking about the rape scene. No, no, no. It's talking about the dialogue when he says to her, you raped me. Yes. Yes? Yes. And then afterwards, um, they dance. Yes. Yes. That scene. Well, you know, it starts, the the, the relationship with the painter starts with a big ecstatic uh, moment, you know? The sex and the... and eating and wine and very, very ecstatic for somebody that is shy and uh, never been to this experience before. And she, was, she wasn't with many men, you know, and she's not a, a person that goes to another person's studio and, uh, and start being a model. It's a new experience for her. She's drawn there. And it's like a very big ecstasy for her. And this, this happened at night. And then in the morning, everything finished. It's like, you know, it's like everything becomes not this ecstasy as was in the beginning. So uh, when she finds all the clothing of other women before her and she asks him about it, and when he, he says to her, you raped me and all this, it's like uh, the anticlimax of uh, of the big climax that was before, and uh, it's it's like a, and it really makes her very uh, disturbed, you know. She she really feels when they dance together. She te- she te- she's telling him, "You're going to throw me out out," you know. In a, she really feels her time there is very short, you know. So all this experience in the in the studio of the painter is something that it's it's uh, unsettling, you know. It's it's a uh, it's a uh, very disturbing for her because it's strong and it's she wants it. She's very much uh, into it, and she feels that he's in the beginning with her, and then he's shutting her out, you know. So, and she needs him. It's funny when I when I saw that that whole sequence, I, I wrote down uh, the words "is love violent," and I I don't necessarily mean physical violence. I just mean like you know torment and and and, and torture and you know and sort of emotionally damaging. And I think that can also be extended to life in general how how do you feel about about that that statement or 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 that theory that that love and life can be torment sometimes well i think this kind of love with this kind of person as a painter who is a dark person you know and they, i think this love is very tormenting and i think uh, this kind of love really wakes up all this dark side of her you know and the mixture of his side dark side and her dark side made a this a, a pain you know this torment you know and so it's it's toxic but this this is why it's so strong it's so uh, traumatizing and so affecting her and she wants it very much 
it's like a, you know, Lacan, uh, the psychoanalytician, he has this uh, uh, idea that is, he calls it Joyce, joyance, joyceness. This, it means it, you, 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 you feel so much, you love so much, you enjoy, you enjoy so, so much until it's painful, until death, you know? So, it's a, so this is the kind of experience she has when she meets this painter man. I don't think uh, it's, you can say it in general about every experience of love. I think you can say it in general about experience of love with these kind of people, you know, uh, or, because she was looking for this experience. Afterward, I think she has these relationships that are uh, tormented, but also with full of attraction with the dolls she's making. With with a with a wolf she's creating in the in the image of the painter, you know, so she she's not giving up this kind of relationship, but she doesn't have it anymore with a man. She has it with her creation. So it's never uh, enough. It's never sees this uh, arena of feelings. It it's never become quiet and nice and easy, only for moments. <laughs> so, you know, we, 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 we see her on this journey and what do you think freedom is? What do you think liberation is or, or, or what does it mean to you? I think for her and for me also, uh, freedom is uh, your ability to express your own view and to dare to do it. I think it's very hard for somebody that feels that his ideas or his expressions are very different from the people around him. And uh, if you find the medium or the way that you can express your own vision or your own uh, view, I think you found your freedom. And I think that's what she finds when she collects the uh, materials from the streets and uh, creates her dolls and makes this show in the, in the park. You know, the park is very, uh, it's, it's not a, it's not wild. The, the park where she makes a show for the children is wild. You know, it's, it's on the edge. It's not a mainstream park. It's, it's like, it looks like an island, you know? And there she makes a show and there she, she, she expresses herself. It's like, it's on the side of the roads, but, but there she has a complete freedom to make her own show, to tell her own story. It's like a, to make her own island and that other people can take part of it. Would you say, you had a favorite scene that you filmed or a favorite memory from making Woman Alive? Um, <laughs> they were all my sons, but, <laughs> but uh, yes. But I, you know, I'm a person that really likes location location. I, I really, I have a special feelings for locations. 
So I had, I wanted to make a film because I, I, I the, the place where the first scene is, the hotel room, this area of Tel Aviv, where, where you have the pool with the water and the fountain, you know? I used to come there to this fountain for many years. I just wanted to film the fountain, you know? And I wanted to film a woman with a pink uh, robe, nightgown, with a pink nightgown in this pool, you know? So for me, I could film again and again these takes of a woman in pink nightgown in this pool, which is very old and very, you know, it's, it's like a, it's in, in a place where the, the, all the hotels are, are really, you know, really on the border on the south, you know. But there I really loved this place and I really wanted uh, to get the image, the image of a woman that goes into the, this, this water in the pink gown, uh, uh, gown and becomes new, she's reborn. Uh, so this was my, uh, my trigger. And I really filmed it much many times than, than I needed. Other uh, sequences I filmed very uh, tight. <laughs> oh, is is there something like a an underlying message that you want audiences to take away when they see the film? Yeah, I, 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 for me, you know, it's all, not only about a woman in crisis. And it's not only about a woman that uh, uh, becomes uh, free with her uh, drives and instincts and uh, passions. It's really about a woman creator and about how uh, you become a woman creator. When I say creator, I mean how you become a person that that expresses your own views, your own self. This is what the film is about. This is what my PhD is about. This is what my interest is about, you know? That, you that it's not a, an easy thing to become a creator. It's not a, an easy thing to, to, to know yourself and to know what you have to bring to the world. It's not a, an easy thing. And you have to be ready to go to the edge. You have to be ready to, to give up everything in order to find your truth. And I, I want people not to, uh, to criticize Shlomit. I want them to understand that she's doing something that she has to do. Although it's very, very unconventional. Although it's breaking all the taboos that, they can, that can be. She must do it in order to be herself. Well, the film is Woman Alive, uh, and it just, I know it just finished uh, a run at uh, Cinema Joy. Um, 
any updates? Or is it going to be out on um, streaming or, or VOD anytime soon? Do we know yet? Not yet, but uh, it's going to be in Israel cinema and, uh, and the other festival and the updates will come soon. <laughs> Alrighty, well, every, I encourage everyone who is able to, uh, to go see it, Woman Alive. Um, and, you know, for those who can't right away, it, it, I'm sure it will be uh, available online soon. Uh, Macbeth Abramson, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you very much. All right, you have a good day. You too. <laughs> thanks for having me. Well, that was my conversation with filmmaker Maccabeet Abramson. Her new film, her first narrative fictional feature film, Woman Alive, is out now. That does it for me today. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see you next time. Bye for now.